Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Make or Break Fantasy Podcast. Um, Sam, it looks like, is back this week. will be joining us. How's Hello. it going? <laughs> oh, it's going. <laughs> After your hiatus? Yep. <laughs> All right, well. Mental fantasy break. Yeah, it's uh, pretty tolling, I, I know. Um, yeah, so we have, you know, Sam, Anthony, um, myself, Phil, and, uh, we'll be going through some of the rankings, um, so far to this point in the season and really just getting a better, um, in-depth look at, you know, kind of where everyone sits. Um, I know we kind of have PPR in mind for these, but a lot of them really translate regardless of list. You know, there might be some that be a little bit lower, a little bit higher, but you know, I just want to get through some of the top of the rankings and this will kind of, you know, help you guys out for, you know, next week when trade deadlines start coming around, you know, you're going to really be have, you're going to really have to make, you know, your lineups the best for that playoff push and ultimately championship. So we're going to start with running backs. Um, you know, Sam, he actually went through and did, you know, kind of his top 24 and we're just going to go through chunk by chunk and break it down. All right. So I guess, Rounding up the the back end, we'll start with 24. Um, I'll put Isaiah Crowell. Uh, I think he's going to have a good rest of the season. I mean, I mean, not anything crazy, but I think he's going to be a consistent consistent flex spot, maybe running RB2 if you're desperate. Um, 23, I have Marshawn Lynch, who I, I think he's been very underwhelming this year, but I think he's still going to get the ball. He's going to get the carries going to vulture some red zone touchdowns uh 22 a guy who i'd like to see a little higher um is doug martin he started off coming back off the suspension really hot but uh, i mean the, the offense as a whole is not looking good in tampa um I, I i expect his numbers to go up from where they have been but i mean at this point he's, he's definitely on the very back end um and then amir Dula, i think he's i think he's a little bit underrated i i I like where the Lions are going. He's getting a lot of touches, he's catching passes. I, I think he's going to have a good second or last couple games here before the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, I think those four guys that you just listed are all um, relatively um, low ceiling guys, but also um, don't have the you know the bottomless pit of a floor. They're going to have the touches and the volume to to be semi productive to you know, having very relevant days on most weeks um, and definitely help you if you're more wide receiver heavy. Yeah, I think the one that, you know, I don't know if I, the one that kind of, I guess I have just a little bit of a question on is Amir Abdullah. I mean, you know, they do have what looks to be a relatively easy schedule down the stretch, but I could definitely see, that Bears game being um, challenging for them. I mean, I think, you know, they, they take the lead and he could do some clock killing, but it just seems like so far this in this season that Matthew Stafford has been, his short passing has kind of been the run game because they haven't been able to run the ball consistently. So I don't know. I mean, he's definitely in the 20s. I, I mean, I would probably, if I were making the list, I'd probably put Kenyon Drake there. But, you know, I think Abdul is probably safe there and then martin i think has the potential to jump up this list but you know right now where they're at it just doesn't seem like they're using him that much word 
Um, and then I guess going next year, next chunk of four, uh, number 20, I have Joe Mixon. I think he, he's a very good player. The Bengals are just horrible. Um, you know, any running back's going to struggle with Andy Dalton not looking like he's ever played football before. I mean, the guy is throwing the ball away on fourth and 20 when they're down, you know, a touchdown. I mean, he's getting an intentional grounding when they're last week when he just, I, I don't know what he's doing. Um, but I think Mixon, he has the potential to be great. Um, if the Bengals figure it out on offense, he's going to get the ball a lot. Um, his touches have just been increasing. So I like him. Um, but again, his workload and the offense he's on makes it challenging for me. Uh, number 19, Devin Coleman. Um, I, Freeman's backup. I mean, He's, he's out with a concussion. I don't know how long he's going to be out for, so Coleman's going to step into a main role. Um, even with the two of them splitting, he's still going to catch a lot of passes and score points. Um, I mean, I'm not a big fan, but he's still going to put up the numbers, so I can't really argue with it. Um, he's valuable definitely going forward, especially with Freeman struggling as much as he is. Um, number 18, AP. I, I don't know why the Cardinals are giving this guy 35 carries a game. Um but for some reason they are. Um, he he looks great some weeks if he can get it going. I, I don't know. He's, he's really strange to me um, that he's not able to rip off solid games consistently, but he's going to get the ball a lot, and they love him over there. So I, I'd start him with confidence um, in, in the amount of workload he's going to get. And then number 17, I would say, is DeMarco Murray. Um, he's coming off a great week. Um, he's been questionable quite often this season in terms of his production. Um, but I think with a healthy Mariota, he's going to be in for some big games. They move the ball really well with with him being healthy. So I, I like DeMarco Murray going forward. Yeah, my only real comment on this group before is uh, with Tevin Coleman. Um, this is Freeman's second concussion of the season. Um, so it's likely that he will need to miss at least one week. Um, you know, who knows how that's going to go. Um, moving forward as well with the concussion protocol, um, especially seeing as uh, teams are coming under scrutiny um, with the way that, you know, they've been handling, or some teams, I should say, not all teams, not many teams, just, you know, some teams. So with that reinforced emphasis, um, it might be, you know, multiple weeks with Freeman. And uh, so Coleman, I could see definitely being, um, you know, a little bit higher on the list, but the, Otherwise, I think that group is pretty pretty accurate. Yeah, I like the spot. I actually like the spot for Coleman. I think he's definitely going to have obviously weekly value for you know people who have him just in general. But you know, like Anthony said, he definitely is going to be stepping into a primary role. As I've said all season long, he is easily the most important handcuff in all of fantasy. He is the one guy that you can confidently say will step into the you know the role starting back and immediately be productive. I mean, you saw it last week. He's an explosive player. Even as a, a backup, he's been nothing short of spectacular in his small sample size. Um, the guy that I'm interested in in this group is AP. He's been fairly predictable. He's one of those guys that, you know, on in tough matchups, he's terrible. In easy matchups when they're playing terrible teams, he's been really good. So it's kind of 
easy to almost easy to predict when he's going to have those huge games where you can start him, you know, and not really question it. And it's pretty easy to predict when you can bench him. I mean, I was just actually looking at the the schedule coming up for um, Arizona, and you have Houston, good matchup. Jacksonville, bench him. The Rams, I'd probably say bench him, just because I would imagine they're going to be trailing points. Tennessee, you're probably starting him. Washington, tougher matchup, but you could probably still plug him in. And then the Giants in your fantasy championship, if you made it there with AP, congratulations. Um, if, <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know. If, if he's your RB2, you, I, I hope your flex is a really solid running back too. But um, you know, overall, I think he's just pretty predictable. And I think Stanton's look pretty good to where, I mean, they're still stacking the box, but I, I don't think AP is like the guy. He, obviously, he's not the guy he used to be, but he's also a guy who's going to have a really high workload. I mean, the thing with him, too, you know, you're talking about Drew Stanton, who's only, all he's got to do is hit a couple of big plays. They've got the weapons on the outside that if he hits a couple in each game, it's going to open some running lanes for AP. So it's definitely an interesting guy to keep an eye on. Yeah. All right. So moving on here uh, for number 16, I have Alfred Morris. Now, the the Cowboys took a lot of scrutiny um, last week for abandoning what works for them. Um, they're a ground pound team. They they like to run the football with Zeke, and for some reason they they thought Alfred Morris couldn't move the football effectively. Um, I. I think they've realized that Dak can't win them games on his own. Um, so I, I expect them to give Morris the ball more. Um, I think he's still the back to own in Dallas, even though there's some some question on it. I think this next week is going to be really telling. Um, if he does well, he's going to keep the role. If he's struggling, I think there's going to be, you know, they'll probably switch up the backfield um, just because in Dallas, I like to panic a lot. Um, but I still think he's definitely the back zone and he's valuable in his own right right now. Um, number 15, uh, JJ. Now, a lot of people probably have them him higher, um, but I am not sold on the Eagles running game. Um, the Eagles are a pass first offense. Um, they love Carson Wentz. He's going to throw the ball a ton. Um, Ajay is going to get the ball, but I don't know. I'm just very concerned about the volume. I mean, he probably wouldn't even have had, he might've had 10 touches in his first game had they not been blowing. I don't know who they were playing out, but they scored a ton of points and he got the ball in garbage time. Um, I, I think he's a good player um, on a team that loves to pass the ball. Um, so I, I think he's got a lot of potential to move up the rankings, but right now I'm a conservative 15 with him. <laughs> Number 14, Carlos Hyde. Um, I am not a fan of him. Um, I can't argue with his value. Um, he puts up numbers, but I think from a consistency standpoint, it's a question mark for me. You never know what's going to go on, who's going to get the ball over there, whether it's Breda or him. Um, but I think he's, he's a good value where he is now. Um, he's going to put up numbers. Um, number 13, who I'm a little higher on than most people, I think Lamar Miller. I am loving what he is doing. Um, last year he struggled a ton, um, but this year he's really been turning around and it hasn't been with, um, uh, what's it, Watson. Um, he's 
not just with him. I think that helped him early in the season, but this last week, I mean, he showed that he can carry the team as well. He can put up good numbers. And I, I would start him with confidence going forward until he starts to slow down. Yeah. Looking at that group. Um, I mean, the Cowboys, that's going to be a very interesting game this upcoming weekend. You know, Rod Smith seemed to get quite a bit of work in that game on Sunday. Um, and with Tyron Smith being out, I don't, you know, you know, you don't, you don't know how that's going to affect the rest of the line. Um, as far as Ajay is concerned, you know, they, like Sam said, they're, they're pass heavy and it's going to be, um, interesting to see if they start to try to build a better balance, um, between the run and the pass, um, knowing what kind of a talent Ajay is. Yeah, I guess my thing with um, Ajayi is that I think he's going to be a 14 to 16 touch a game guy. I don't think he's ever going to really dominate carries and, you know, scratch out 28 <laughs> touches in a game. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think he, I think this is a good spot for him. I, I don't see him outproducing Hyde, who's, you know, just a monster in the it with touches in the backfield and Miller is, you know, just pure volume. So to me, I think, you know, this is a good spot for him. I like Ajayi. I just don't think, you know, in a crowded backfield, he's going to be a guy who's going to have that many monster games unless he's scoring touchdowns. Um, Morris is the interesting one for me. Or were you going to say something? Oh no. Um, Morris is the interesting one for me here. I actually think, you know, last week's game was 100%, um, you know, on their line. Tyron Smith being out was a huge deal. I mean, their their left tackle was a joke. Six sacks in a game, and it didn't even look like they could have literally put, like, one of those blocking dummies there. It would have been more effective because he would actually had to run around it. I mean, it was that bad. But I was really Not impressed. Not the holds. That guy had, like, six <sighs> these two seriously and i think he even had a hold where he still gave up a sack uh, it was like <laughs> it was unbelievable but i think morris ran really well in the second half he was the only one of the running backs to really pick up chunk yardage um i thought smith did a nice job here but clearly they trust alfred morris more in pass protection i think that's kind of where the roles got a little muddy um normally you'd assume that smith would kind of step into that passing downs role, but I actually thought Morris did a really nice job in the game just overall. I mean, they they went away from the run too early, I in my opinion, but I think they correct that. Maybe not this week. I think they're going to be chasing points, but moving forward, I, I actually think Morris is you know has a good chance to be closer to the twelve than the sixteen. But I think this is a good spot for him. The one guy in this group, I was looking at Hyde and like I thought. He could be higher, and then I look at the names above, and I'm just like, eh, I wouldn't put him over him. No, I wouldn't put it over him. I don't know. I, I, Miller, I, I think just, he's. I think he's one of those that if it's a standard league, he maybe gets a bump a few spots. Yeah. Um, but in a PPR, he just doesn't. The Niners don't score the points to to justify that. Value-wise, on a weekly basis, I think at the end of the season, you'll see that Hyde was probably more consistent than Howard, but still a guy that, you know, you want to... Obviously, you'd still want to own Howard instead of Hyde. The guy that I would 
question. I don't know how you guys feel about this. Is Lamar Miller? I think he's stunk this year. I mean, fantasy value wise, maybe not. You know, he's been pretty consistent. But if you watch the games, him running is just like Foreman is easily the better runner. Well, and and that brings up a good point too. If they're going to be bad down the stretch, do they give Foreman more runs because they're going to see what they got in him, or are they going to continue to just give Miller the ball? Yeah, it's tough because you'd, you'd want to say they're going to give Foreman more run, but at the same time, why would you put Miles on a guy that you think could be the future of your backfield, you know? Like, I think they right. kind of know what they have in them. I think that's why it's going to be interesting to see how they handle him for the remainder of the year. Yeah. Shall be interesting. All right. Um, so that was halfway through. Um, moving on to the second half. Number 12, I, I guess our RB1s, um, I guess just from a number standpoint, standard 12-team league. Um, I have Jarek McKinnon. Now, I actually traded for him last week, and last week was the first week I started him, and he was absolutely terrible. Um, <laughs> but I I think he's actually really talented. I was watch- He got the ball, you know, I think it was 12 carries or 12 touches. And, you know, he's actually surprisingly good runner. I mean, he makes people miss. He breaks tackles. He falls forward. He's, you know, for a little guy, he does well. Um, And I think game script played a lot into his lack of production last week. Um, But the guy was over 20 points three out of the last four weeks before that. Um, I, I, I think he's going to bounce back. Um, I don't think the Vikings are a very good team and they're not going to be blowing a lot of teams out of the water. Um, so I think game script's going to be more in his favor going forward. Um, they're just not going to be able to run the ball ground and pound with Latavius Murray forever. Um, number 11, I have Devontae Freeman. Now I feel like this is a little too high for him right now, but I mean, you can't really knock him too far um, with his, like Anthony said, his second concussion of the year, who knows when he's going to come back. But I mean, based solely on history, the guy's talent and you know, how many points he's put up the last, you know, three years, I think he's going to bounce back um, just in, you know, a high volume offense, catching passes, he's going to be fine. I think Um, number 10, uh, this one pained me to actually put him this high, but (laughs) I I don't like Jordan Howard at all. Um, I think that he is in a absolutely horrendous offense. I don't think he runs the ball particularly well. Um, I think he's like a one cut runner. He puts his head down and runs hard, but I, I don't like the bears. I don't like what they're doing. And I, I just honestly, I don't see the volume being there unless he scores, you know, touchdowns week to week. Um, and then number nine, I have Christian McCaffrey. Um, he has been great. I think he is a outstanding player, um, fantasy player. Um, he'll catch at least five, six, seven passes a game, guaranteed. Um, Cam doesn't throw the ball well downfield. Um, and McCaffrey's a safety valve. He makes people miss. He gets yards. He scores touchdowns. I think McCaffrey is going to be a very, very solid running back one going forward for PPR. I think uh, those game, that game last night with McCaffrey was really interesting. Um, he had a bunch of carries um, inside the goal line. He also, um, you know, caught, like Sam said, a bunch of passes and uh, even managed to squeak into the end zone on a run play. Yeah, can I was just looking at the stats for that game. 
You know, I mean, he only had eight touches. He only and eight well, touches they were up by so many points. I mean, for fifty or fifty yards. So I mean, he scored two touchdowns in the game, so that definitely helped. But yeah, I I think overall he's definitely a solid, you know, back end, probably low end running back one. You can make an argument for high end RB two. Um, I think part of the last night's game, though, was just how well um, they ran the ball with – why is his name slipping? Um, Stewart? Stewart. Stewart. Yeah, Stewart ran the ball real well last night. and I Which think was the that, first time in three years, by the way. Right. So that's why I think last night's, you know, carries distribution was just kind of part of that split. Um, and, you know, the, Cameron Artis Payne also had a rushing touchdown. So, like, they're going to move the ball rushing-wise. It's just a matter of – you know, as far as running, who's got kind of got that hot hand approach. Whereas with McCaffrey, you know, you're going to get the receptions or at least the targets. It might not always be converted to receptions, but he's going to get the targets from Cam. Oh, absolutely. My thing, you know, is more so you look at the receptions. He has 50, uh, so he has 57 catches on the year. Antonio Brown has 60. I mean, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's staggering. I mean, in PPR, he is just absolutely unbelievable because they understand Cam's limitations. And I think... He's been targeted 79 times. It's unbelievable. I I mean, they, they basically drafted a slot receiver. In, but, Darren, in Darren Sproles' heyday, did he even have that many targets out of the backfield? I don't like, know. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I'll look it up. But... I mean, the the sheer amount of just targets out of the backfield is unbelievable. And I, I think it comes down to a little bit that he or they just don't have the weapons on the outside, not to mention the fact that um, they don't really have I mean, they, they don't really have anything else. I mean, Cam is kind of the, you know, the guy who's going to be running a lot. He's going to be making a lot of the plays. He's very inaccurate. So. You kind of just hope for those types of things. Um, I'm just looking at targets here. I don't know. They don't give you a full breakdown. Hmm. Well, they actually do. They had 111 targets in 2011 and 104 in 2012, but th- those are his two highest totals by far. Yeah, and so through 10 weeks, he's at, what, 79? So he's going to surpass yeah. Darren Sproles' best years. In yeah. a week or two, or in you know three weeks with three weeks to play, so they got a bye week this week, so they'll probably surpass it in three weeks, and three or four weeks, and then by sixteen, seventeen, it's all going to be, you know, gravy on top. So, I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. True. All right. Um, so, a kind of similar player on a much better offense for number eight. I have Elvin Kamara. Uh, Saints have been absolutely destroying. Um, I don't know what they did to change their entire organization, but they're playing defense, are running the football, and they're not really passing the ball, which is really weird um, for a team like that. But Kamara, he's been very, very, very consistent week in and week out. Um, he's going to catch passes. He's going to run, get, get, get the ball. He's going to get the goal line touches. He's, you know, going to do everything. Um, so I think he's a very solid running back, and I, uh, you know, I actually expect him to finish higher on this list, um, just by points scored. But um, number seven, I have Melvin Gordon. Now I, 
a lot of red flags for me with Melvin Gordon after last week. Um, Eckler, if that's how you say his name, um, has been like took a lot of his work um, and he produced um, Melvin Gordon's, you know, I never have thought that he's been the best talent, um, just a strictly volume guy. And if someone's going to challenge him for talent wise in that backfield, I think he's going to lose a lot of touches. However, you know, Eckler did fumble the ball in a very crucial situation. So I think that's going to cut into his chances of getting playing time, but I think he's going to earn time back from Gordon. Um, but I still think there's going to be a lot of volume there for Melvin. Um, it's just, again, the offense isn't that great. And his pass catching is what saved him, um, saved a lot of weeks for him in the past. Um, and I just don't see the volume as much to put him in like a top three or four conversation anymore. Um, number six, I have Kareem Hunt. Now, this one's interesting for me. I, I love Kareem Hunt. I think he's an extremely talented player. Um, and the Chiefs really, really underutilize him. Um, I think that they would be much better in a traditional offense um, where they actually run normal plays. But for some reason, Andy Reid loves to run, you know, trick play after trick play and try to get tricky with defenses and score in a weird, complicated s- situation. Um and that's really hurt Kareem Hunt's production. I mean, I don't think he's had a touchdown since week three. And, you know, I, I, I understand he's, you know, on, uh, he has a good chance to be rookie of the year and, you know, he's going to get a ton of yards. But I, I have seen his volume slowly decrease over the course of the season. Um, but I do expect that to pick up from the last couple of weeks. I imagine after their bye week, they're going to figure out a way to get him more involved. Um, just because he's so talented and he breaks so many tackles. Um, he just is getting hit in the backfield because they're of their stupid play calling. Um, number five, LaShawn McCoy. I think he's had two terrible weeks, but um, he's still featured back in an offense that's going to be trying and scraping and doing everything they can to make it into the playoffs. And I think that's going to bode well for McCoy. They're going to have to lean on him. They've been trying to lean on Tyrod too much the last two weeks, and it's been horrible um so i expect mccoy to have a bounce back few weeks here they got some easy matchups coming up um i i like him at number five so uh my comments on that group uh you know the saints they've been really good really early in games as of late putting them in very positive game scripts it'll be interesting to see if they don't block a punt for a touchdown in one of these upcoming weeks and jump out to a, you know, 14, nothing lead three minutes into a, into the game. If that kind of changes their game script at all. Um, I'm not going to dock either of those, either of their running backs for that because they can just, you give them the carries and they keep doing what they do and with them, why change it? So it, it, it could change. It could not change, but just a something to keep an eye on if, you know, if their matchup gets a little bit tougher, what's going to happen um, with that offense? And then, um, well, Shady well, McCoy, obviously, is a great. Bit, Anthony, I just want to respond um, to what your concerns about the Saints. I think that's actually going to game script will hurt Ingram more than it's going to hurt Kamara. I think if they get put behind, they're going to pass the ball more, and I, for some reason, they they love Kamara out of the backfield more. I, well, as a as a breeze owner, it seems like every time he throws a pass, it's down at the one yard line, and they put in Ingram for a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I mean, that's that's, that's not going to change, I don't think, regardless of game script. Um, so I mean, 
I don't necessarily think it'll hurt either one of them. I just I'm just saying it's something to kind of uh, be weary of if if you're uh, a Saints running back owner. Um, I don't really know what the Saints schedule is like, but I know playing in the NFC South, they should have good games, not necessarily good defenses coming up. Um, so that could you know impact the way the game is called. Um, and the other thing uh, with Melvin Gordon, I was reading today that he's still dealing with turf toe. So that could be part of why um, Eckler, Eichler is getting more carries. Um, again, I hope you own him if you own Gordon because um, turf toe can linger for a while. So, Yeah, I think the interesting – one of the interesting ones in this group is definitely Hunt. Um, you know – Every game in which he doesn't touch the ball over 20 times, you know, you feel like they're they're going to lose or something's wrong. I mean, every time he's had, I think it was there was a number. It was like 20 plus touches. I think they have one loss in those games. So, I, he he feels underutilized. To be fair, yeah, but he feels like sometimes they just completely go away from the run, and then Andy Reid is apologizing after the game for abandoning the run. It's like learn your lesson, but. I don't know. I, I feel like they could use him out of the backfield a little bit more in the passing game just because yeah. they have, you know, someone in the middle of the field that can, you know, pull coverage. They have, you know, Tyreek Hill that can just run up the sidelines and two guys are with him. So I feel like he could definitely do more on that end. Melvin Gordon um, is definitely a guy who I would be way more concerned with if Eckler hadn't fumbled. If Eckler hadn't fumbled at the end of that game, I could see him taking, you know, almost stepping into a Derrick Henry type role. Not that they're the similar player by any stretch, but I think the amount of touches would have been, you know, almost similar. Just because I think Eckler has a little bit more explosiveness. Taking nothing away from Melvin Gordon, I mean, he's been productive, but a player who averages under four yards per carry and puts up crazy fantasy numbers just doesn't seem to make sense. Um, Kamara is the the one that I think in this group is has the biggest ability to go up. I don't think he'll go down just because of how the Saints have utilized their running backs. But as you said, I mean, I was just looking at the matchups, and really, there's only maybe one or two matchups that I'd even be worried about. That's you know at the Rams in Week 12, and then they have Carolina in Week 13. I think any tough matchup for the Saints bodes well for Drew Brees. I think it bodes well for Mark Ingram. I'm kind of kind of on the opposite side where I think Kamara's okay between the tackles, but where he's really good is, you know, dump off side of the backfield, you know, kind of that change of pace guy. And if they're increasing their snaps and, you know, Mark Ingram still plays 60 to 65%, that's just going to, I think it's going to bode well for him. Cause if you look, he had in PPR a 31 point game this week and he didn't catch a single pass. So he's definitely going to be a pass catcher and has been in the past. I think that just expands his role a little bit more. But, I mean, not taking anything away from Kamara, I think he still has his game. Okay. Um, So moving on to our top four, I have Leonard Fournette. Um, I think he, out of these top four, has the biggest possibility to fall down. Um, he started off the season so well, so well. He was an absolute animal, you know, more than anybody who drafted him could have hoped for. Um, and then the last few weeks have been 
weird. Um, he missed the game because he was hurt. Had a bye week. He didn't show up for team pictures. I mean, you got to think, what's going on? I mean, it just – is his head getting too big or what? I don't know. Um, to not show up for team pictures, but come on. Um, I think the Jags are the Jags. You know, they have historically been an awful, awful team. Um, their defense has been absolutely dominant. I don't see that changing anytime soon. Um, but to get beat by – or to give up several touchdowns um, to the Chargers is a little weird, but I, I don't know how well um, the Jags are going to be up and, you know, running the ball in every game the rest of the way. Um, I think he's going to be still the feature back, but who knows what's going to happen if they're going to be into the passing situation. He's not their, he's not their pass catcher. So um, number three, I have Mark Ingram. Um I mean, it's hard to argue with the production over the last several weeks. Um, the Saints have been absolutely dominant and it doesn't look like it's going to change anytime soon. Um, I just feel like, you know, Mark Ingram is a really, really good running back, but for some reason, Sean Payton doesn't agree with most people on that assessment. Um, he likes to go away from what works, um, hence the AP signing, hence Kamara's uptick in you know touches when Mark Ingram's been overproducing and doing everything exactly as he should. Um, but I still think the volume's going to be there for Ingram. He runs great. Saints are on a tear. I think he's going to finish in the top three the rest of the season. Number two, uh, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley's been great. The Rams have been great. Um, you know, the only thing that's that sucks a little bit with Gurley is that if they do get behind, he doesn't get a lot of touches. Um, if he's going to have a bad game, he has a bad game. Um, and it's just the way it is. He's not, he's not like my number one Le'Veon Bell, where he's going to put up 15 points every single week in and out, no matter what. Um, his floor is a little lower, but I think the offense he's on and his, you know, his feature spot in the offense. Cause I don't think Jared Goff's very good. Um, that's just me. I think Gurley and then Bell for number one, obvious reasons. I mean, the only comment I'm going to have in the top four is on Gurley. Um, as an owner of his, there's only one game this season um, where he either did not break 100 yards combined or score a touchdown. Um, so you're you're looking at double-digit points every week. Um, so that's really all I got to say. I've already made my comment on the Saints um, and, you know, how, what I feel as far as, um, you know, their situation and uh, Le'Veon Bell is just the undisputed top fantasy back in football. I can't hear you, Phil. You're, uh, you're muted. Well, it looks like we lost Phil for a minute here. Yeah, he's still muted, I think. Nope. Good thing he can uh, edit this. Yeah. Hello? There it is. Oh, weird. I had to, like, mute myself on here, and I'm mute. This is going to be extremely annoying, because these are YouTube videos super hard to cut, or super pain in the ass to cut. Um, 
Yeah, we need to have like a 10 second pause just so it's easy to cut because otherwise it takes me forever to cut it. All right, so all I was going to say on this section was that I feel like Ingram is probably my best call of the season. Um, I was probably the biggest proponent to buy low on him. My worst call in the running backs was probably C.J. Anderson. Um, just to throw that one out there, I said buy, I said buy low, and now you can buy really, really low. Um, <laughs> and he is a cupcake matchup the rest of the way. So I would still say if you can get him for nothing, like if you can – trade you know Cooper someone Cup. hey <laughs> that guy's putting up points i mean you had him on your team last week we have visual proof no I so <laughs> i mean i don't know to me like this this group is kind of undisputed fournette is kind of the one that you could see tumbling down and i think hunt's the one that's most likely to take his spot up there unless mccoy gets back on track but outside of that this group is pretty undisputed um, next one we'll jump to is tight ends. Um, this one should be pretty quick, but I think a lot of the names outside of the top four or five are going to be pretty debatable. First one, um, number 12, is Cameron Brait. I think in Tampa Bay's offense, once um, Winston comes back, you're definitely going to see an uptick for him. He's probably taken the biggest hit outside of Evans <laughs> on his suspension since... Uh, Winston has been out. That being said, I still think he's a reliable target. You're still probably going to have to start him on a weekly basis, and you're not dropping him. But until Winston's back, I'm not overly confident in him as a you know a top four, top five guy. Clay is the one that came back last week. You know, definitely a slow game to come back to. It's going to be interesting to see how him and Calvin Benjamin exist on the same field. But I still think he's going to expand his role as you know the weeks go by. Delaney Walker, number ten, I he's injured again. Um, you know he got lit up in the end zone last week, and it I mean it wasn't pretty. He was rolling around the ground, but it just doesn't seem like with the amount of talented wide receivers that Tennessee has, he really has carved out that big of a role in the offense. Um, like in the past, you know they had a couple really good or a couple okay wide receivers now they have really talented guys on the outside don't see him as being you know a lock as a top tight end and then nine is hunter henry every game that tampa excuse me la wins they get hunter henry involved a lot and every game that they lose it seems like he either has no catches or ran four routes so i think hunter henry is a guy that you're starting in good matchups and you're looking to stream in bad but again, not a guy you want to see floating around in your waiver wire if you had him on your team. Yeah, I mean, the only one on there that I I think will move up significantly is Charles Clay. I mean, he's just based on history. I think he'll probably finish you know, I, I, maybe around the seven range, just like the way he started the season. I don't see why it would go down. I mean, he's he's got good hands. I mean, he was the only person besides LeStrom McCoy that could catch the ball reliably reliably in the first what whatever seven games of the season so i think he's gonna slowly get back into the role where he was and move up on the on the list you can buy low on him i would get i would get charles clay i think the only one that you have to worry about kind of falling out of that group is cameron Brait. i mean tampa bay's just been so inconsistent it's hard to it's hard to say what's going to happen you know when Jameis comes back i just 
I'm not in love with that offense, um, the consistency or the, you know, the high flying power of it. Oh, trust me. It was, when I was putting this list together. It was just a group of terrible, terrible options. Cause I could easily see Julius Thomas jump up into that 12, 11, 10 range. He's got two touchdowns in back to back weeks. I don't know. <laughs> All he needs is like twenty points, and he's even with half of them. So right, well, exactly. That's I mean, yeah. it doesn't take a ton of points to jump into to the top twelve at tight end. Seriously. So number eight, I have Jared Cook. Um, he's been very involved in the Raiders' offense. In on all the teams he's been with prior, it seems like he's never been the top option. He's had those big games, but he hasn't really kept consistent in between and i feel like this is the first year he's at least kind of doing that so you're able to at least plug him into your lineup pretty consistently and that's why i figured you know top eight i think there's a safe play i think the guys in front of him might have more a little bit more consistency but i think he probably has one of the highest ceilings on anybody outside the top five number seven is jack doyle i think you could make an argument at with for Cook at seven, Doyle at eight, um, but I think Doyle definitely belongs inside the top eight. Reset loves him. He is easily their most popular target in the middle of the field, and probably the most second most popular target on the offense. Some weeks even the most popular. So Reset's not a guy that's going to sling the ball over the field most weeks, and I think he's the most comfortable just dumping the ball off to Doyle. Number six, Greg Olson coming back off injury. Um, obviously, this is a looking forward type um, of ranking, but I think coming back off of injury, losing Kelvin Benjamin, this really is a huge boost to his value, and I think that actually helps that offense immensely. I think he could really have a huge second half, and if he's sitting on waivers or if someone has an extra tight end and they don't really need him and you can get him cheap, I would definitely pay up to get him. The last one in this group is Evan Ingram. He's been spectacular this year. Really talented rookie. I Talent-wise, he could be probably even closer to the top of this list. I just don't really rely, or excuse me, I don't really trust Eli that much. He is the type of player where he's going to work the middle of the field. He can work the slot. He can be on the end of the line, do a little blocking. Definitely has the talent to be up a little higher. I just trust some of the offenses ahead of, you know, Evan Ingram's ranking a little bit more than I trust him. Um, the only, I guess my only concern with this group of players is where's Jimmy Graham fall for you? I feel like he's kind of excluded from this list. He's higher. Oh, there he is for, I missed him. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, um, yeah, otherwise, I I don't, I mean, there's not a whole lot to say about tight ends. It's tough. Yeah, I really like Evan Ingram. I think he is going to be a really good talent the next few years to come. I just think the Giants have completely given up. I don't know why they're they're acting like they should be, you know, in the Super Bowl this year, and they're pouting and not trying in games. Um, but, you know, I think down the road, he's going to be really, really good. He's, he's a very good player. Um, and he's, he's talented and I like him a lot, but, uh, I think with the giants woes, you have to drop him down a little bit, at least outside the top four. 
Yeah, that's. I mean, really, the only reason he's below Graham is for that exact reason. I mean, it's. It really just comes down to the offense and how how much you trust them and how many points you honestly think they're going to score. Because on weeks where they score one touchdown, I mean, <laughs> could be Sterling Shepard, could be Orleans Darkwa. You know, you kind of you roll a dice and it could be anyone. So number four, I have Jimmy Graham. You know, just the touchdowns and them not being able to run the ball is the sole reason I think Jimmy Graham is even you know closer to four than he is to eight on a team where they have a good offensive line and you know they're really running the ball well i don't think jimmy graham's value is the same but the seahawks have shown they cannot run the football and jimmy graham is going to be a huge red zone target for them he's been really good in that role number three is travis kelsey you could definitely make the argument to have him at two or one i would probably just trust the other two offenses that are ahead of them a little bit better and you'll hear why but kelsey's been spectacular he's alex smith's favorite target um i mean you just can't really dispute the guy's really talented i'm not a huge fan of him but i hate kelsey <laughs> i i knew that was coming I, i'm not a fan of the guy but at the same time you can't argue with points and he scores a lot of so number two is Zach Ertz. I mean, he's on maybe the best offense in football. He's the number one target, easily the most consistent guy. I drafted Zach Ertz everywhere I can get him, and I'm loving life. Um, even though one league I'm not going to make the playoffs, which doesn't make sense. But Ertz has been great. Um, if you have him, Family. yeah, exactly. He this is the first year where everyone isn't saying, "Well, Ertz would be amazing if he could just score touchdowns." He's actually scoring touchdowns. Wentz has been very, very good. We'll see how they do on their road schedule coming up, but I have a lot of confidence that Zach Ertz at least maintains his current value. Number one, the probably one of the least surprising in all of football is Rob Gronkowski. He might not be number one in points right now. He might not be number one in points in two weeks, but there's no one I feel more comfortable with plugging in at tight end than Gronk. Outside of injuries, he has easily been and will easily be the most talented and best tight end there is out there. On the Patriots offense, that really hasn't seemed to find a consistent pass catcher outside of Chris Hogan um, on a weekly basis. Gronk is definitely the guy that you probably you want to roll out there in the passing game. So, number one, easy for me. Yeah, just a, I have no qualms with your top four. Um, just a couple other guys that we didn't talk about that if you have a chance to get and or, um, you know, might be available on your free agent wire, um, Jason Witten, you know, he's got, he's like third or fourth with three touchdowns amongst tight ends. Um, and if you want to win, throw the ball to Witten. Um, <laughs> you ain't wrong. And I'll, and also uh, Kyle Rudolph, he's also got three touchdowns this year. So just a couple of guys that we didn't really talk about but could also um, be useful down the stretch. Rudolph was hard for me. I wanted to get him in there, but I could have seen him or Brait, but with Winston back, I feel like Brait's better eventually. Yeah, I don't have any comments on top four. Pretty straightforward. Cool. So on to quarterbacks. The number 12 quarterback on my list is Matt Ryan. Pretty consensus, consensus, 
consensus top five at the beginning of the season has, you know, fallen from grace. You know, I don't think that's all on him. Obviously, the offense has not run the same way it did with Kyle Shanahan, and that's affected him a lot, along with their running game, along with all their pass catchers, except for maybe Mosinu. Um, you know, just a guy who I think finishes a lot stronger than he started. I, To me, I feel like you know he could easily be a top eight guy, but I just don't have a ton of confidence um, with their schedule upcoming. They play New Orleans twice, who's been spectacular against the pass. And I think, you know, Matt Ryan is, you know, kind of a ceiling two, three touchdowns max and maybe an interception. So don't think he has a ceiling of some of these guys, but still a solid start. Um, Cam Newton is number 11. I think as an NFL quarterback, Cam Newton is not very good. But for fantasy reasons, I think, you know, being that he has a lot of rushing potential, um, he, you know, just kind of sticks in that top 12 range. Kirk Cousins is number 10 for me. I think his biggest appeal is the fact that their defense isn't great, but they're okay. They can hang in games, and he's going to throw continuously, and they can't run the football. So I think Cousins, with his upcoming schedule, does all right. I just don't think he's going to be as consistent as you hope. Number nine is Rivers, and the reason Rivers is so high for me as opposed to a lot of people who have him in this 14, 16, 18 range is because they have a dream schedule coming up. I mean, if you look at LA's schedule upcoming, it is amazing. They have just a terrible match or good matchup after good matchup, and I think he really has a good um, floor in those games. And I also think that you know if he can – play each week, I mean, barring the concussion this week, you're really looking at a solid start every week. The only thing for me, I would replace Matt Ryan with uh, Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr's just been a little more consistent uh, outside of getting hurt. Um, and Atlanta's just been a nightmare of I, overwhelming production. I think Jared Goff belongs in the top 12. Um, I think LA has shown that they have a high-powered offense. Um, I know they got a little bit tougher of a schedule, but uh, they're going to score points, I think, and he's a big reason why. He's playing well. He's making it hard to just, you know, pack the box, and uh, the way that they have a new energy in that offense is just some of the things they were doing with, you know, Robert Woods moving him around, throwing, you know, a fake end around back, side screen for a touchdown, like just very creative play calling. And uh, I think that's going to help him as well. I definitely debated Jared Goff in here. And I will give you the exact reason of why I did not put him in my top 12 is because I don't think he finishes as a top 12 quarterback. I don't even know if he finishes top 15 because he has exploited the worst or the best matchups in all of fantasy you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm just. I mean, you look at the only tough matchups he's had this year, really. Seattle and Jacksonville. The only, those are the only two teams that have been, haven't been god awful against the pass, and he has seven and eleven. He hasn't even combined for twenty points. So, yeah, I, I, it's fair. I'm just. It's just hard when I mean a guy throws what. But a, but Philip Rivers, even against good matchups, doesn't throw a ton of touchdowns. I mean, 
You just, <laughs> <laughs> you just, I mean, you put up, what, 20 or 18 against Jacksonville, so I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, good night, good night, great. <laughs> yeah, we'll take it. I mean. So, number eight is Marcus Mariota, um, another guy who has a rushing, a lot of rushing potentials, which keeps his floor high. I think with all the guys that they have now on the outside to help out in the passing game, he get. I mean, it's a kid in a candy store. He can just throw the ball whatever direction he wants. It doesn't necessarily help you out from a fantasy standpoint when it comes to their wide receivers. I think Corey Davis is probably the highest ceiling guy moving forward, but Marcus Mariota is just really consistent, and he does have a lot of good matchups upcoming. Number seven is Stafford. I'm not as high on Stafford as others are. I just think he's really consistent when it comes to you know the mid to short passing game. They have a lot of playmakers that are good in you know, short space. So he's the type of guy that can throw a five yard pass and turn into a 60 yard touchdown. It's I'm, I'm not saying that he's going to have a great second half, but I just don't see a way in which he has a bad second half. So I, I definitely see him inside the top eight. Um, probably. And I would see him closer to five than 10. Number six is Alex Smith. I'm a little I'm hedging my bets a little bit on what he did more so in the early first half than the second part of that because he definitely fell off a little bit. I just feel like in that offense with how Andy Reid gets creative and they do move away from the running game, I think he definitely has the potential to really, you know, stay consistently in that top 6 range. He could easily jump, you know, Drew Brees, he could probably jump Dak Prescott if they still, you know, struggled to block but you know still a consistent guy at the top where you're just starting him every week and forgetting about it number five is drew Brees. i'm definitely betting on some of the tough matchups upcoming where he's gonna have to throw the ball a little bit more they do have a lot of home games um i didn't actually count how many but i think they have a few home games coming up which will be good for him that they're going to be able to not only move the football for the run game, but I think moving into the red zone, they're actually going to get some more opportunities. I can't imagine Michael Thomas stays out of the end zone much longer, and I just feel like their offense is going to have to at some point throw a little bit more than they are. Yeah, no qualms with any of those. I agree with all of them. Yes. Cool. All right, so number four is Dak. Um tough to keep him outside of the you know top three top four top five but i think you know really what holds me back with him has been their offensive line i'm not overly impressed with the way they blocked this year and i'm also not overly impressed with the way that des has played i think how Dak goes is how des goes in the passing game and i mean des hasn't really been over 100 yards at all so i think Dak's where his value really lies is how good of a runner he is, not just on designed runs, but you know, getting out of the pocket, moving, and picking up chunk yardage in that way. And I think that they're actually going to see a lot more defenses dropping back to where he's going to have more of that you know, five- to eight-yard running room than he would with Zeke in the game. Number three is Russell Wilson, always been a second-half player. I think he definitely you know, uses his legs more than most of the quarterbacks, if not all of them on this list. Really smart passer, except for when he throws the deep ball. 
you know, I think he definitely is one of those guys who has maybe the highest ceiling on this list. He can easily throw for 400 yards. He can easily throw for four or five touchdowns, especially in games where he only needs 22, 24 passes when they throw the ball deep. I think, you know, Wilson's the type of guy that keeps the defense up to stop him from running, but also opens up the passing game for himself. Number two is Wentz. He's been too good to keep out of the top two. I know a lot of people have him at one. I know some people have him closer to five. I think he still keeps up the pace. Maybe not quite as good as the first half, but I definitely think he is going to be solid down the run. I see him really, you know, relying a lot on Ertz. I think the running game is going to get better to open up some things. And I also think that Alshon gets a little bit better in the second half. So I would watch out for him. Number one, Tom Brady. I mean, there's no quarterback that's been more efficient on his passing this year. He is easily the highest, um, pa- the highest rated passer. And you saw what he did to Denver last week. I mean, they had the running game, they had the passing game. He's he's been unbelievable. So he's to me, I mean, if I were to vote for MVP today, he'd win it um, just because of how good he's been. But from a fantasy standpoint, I don't see a more a guy on this list I'd be more confident in starting weekly. Uh, for me, um, I think what makes Russell Wilson in the top three is they, like you mentioned in the past, they don't have any run game whatsoever. If they score a touchdown, it's either going to be their defense or Russell Wilson. They they can't move the ball at all on the ground. They they look atrocious trying to run the football if it's not Russell Wilson running. Um, so I think he's definitely got a very high floor. Um, I, I like the top four. I, I I might put Wentz at one over Brady, um, but I, I can't really argue with it. Yeah, I mean, six of one, half dozen of another. Yeah. All right. So, so on to receivers. These were uh, really fun. Um, I, I feel like, um, just as a disclaimer, that Anthony was drunk when making this list. So, <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a disclaimer also out there that this is uh, a combination of, you know, what they've done so far, and what that looks like it'll translate to in the second half. Um, to be completely fair the wide receiver group is the deepest group uh, that we're going to cover tonight. He has some uh, head scratches in there. <laughs> so you guys can, you guys can, you know, tear it apart all you want and we can talk about whatever you want, but I'm going to um, just go through and uh, list my, the first eight and then we can talk about it. However you guys want to um, at 24, I got Juju Smith Schuster, uh, 23 Devonte Adams. Uh, 22, T.Y. Hilton, 21, Sterling Shepard, 20, Robert Woods, 19, Keenan Allen, 18, Devin Funches, and 17, Des Bryant. So I, I guess for, uh, for disclaimer, I, I cannot believe that Stefan Diggs is not on this list. I, I you, Sam, I swear to God, you look at his, his games this this season, he's got three games over twenty. Every other game is under eight fantasy yeah, points. He, he's been hurt. Games that he's played, all the games that he, he's got seven games under eight points, or six games. I'll look it up again because I thought the same thing, and then I looked at his numbers, and I couldn't justify with with the amount of 
terrible games he had. I don't blame you. I don't, I'm not a huge Diggs fan, but I could see him being at the tail end. But I'm not. I'm not a huge Diggs fan, so I wouldn't, you know, be too upset leaving him off the list. I like Juju in there. Um, I if if it were me, I mean, the, you know, it's hard to put him higher than that. I. I think he's going to be a big part of the offense because I'd be willing to bet a lot of money that they get rid of Martavis at the end of this year. Um, but I I think with Martavis coming back, it cut into his targets a little bit um, compared to you know when he was out. But I, it's hard to expect him to put up better numbers than Antonio Brown week in and week out like he did this past week. Um, with Big Ben struggling, it's a question mark there. All right, so Diggs was a little bit better than I thought, but he's missed two games. He had one game with only one catch. He had under six points in week two against Pittsburgh. Um, his good games were against New Orleans early, so that was before they figured out how to play defense. Tampa Bay, who's terrible. And then he played okay against Detroit and Washington. So maybe I under, undervalued him a little bit, but I think um, – I don't know how much room there is in that passing offense. And I think Adam Thielen is the preferred target there. I won't jump ahead too much. Or I won't jump ahead at all, actually. But I have to say I would take Keenan Allen over Funches and Dez. Personally. I just think... 17, 18, 19? Okay. With them, I, I could go further, but I don't want to jump the gun. But like to me, <laughs> at least... He's got a really good matchup coming up, and... He has great matchups the rest of the season, and he's been a guy that's been in that 10 to 13 range almost weekly, and it's like if he just gets in the end zone, he's easily a higher – I mean, he jumps. It's, I wish I would have kept – I had the where they currently stood, in a, according to our league, on sure. our list, and then I deleted it. I got really upset. I was like, this is taking too long. I can't do this anymore. So I, <laughs> <laughs> So I took it out. I had it just at the wide receiver standing. Uh, like I said, it doesn't match exactly. Um, I kind of went on gut feeling of what I thought was going to happen down the stretch. And as I mentioned with Philip Rivers, he hasn't played great this year, and the Chargers aren't that good. So I, I don't know. There, receivers very deep too. You could easily make an argument for a lot of these guys in that. Teens range, teens to low twenties range, in any order. Oh yeah. So, except for I mean, you, you, I would put him down at like twenty. We're Why? not there yet. He's the. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're right. Uh, any other comments on the first date? Nope. Go right ahead. All right. <laughs> Sixteen. I got Demarius Thomas. Fifteen. I got Michael Crabtree. Uh, Fourteen. I got Elshon Jeffrey. Thirteen. I got Mike Evans. Uh, 12, <laughs> that's Tyreek Hill. Uh, 11, I got Jarvis Landry. Um, 10, I got Larry Fitzgerald. 9, Adam Thielen. And 8, Golden Tate. I mean, the NFL gave Mike Evans another bye week. He's going to be fresh coming up in the second half. Uh, he, <laughs> putting him at 13 is blasphemy. <laughs> Why? Mike Evans is so good at football, it's ridiculous. He is good at football, but I'm looking also at the numbers being put up by the guys that I have in front of him, too. You like Julio Jones? I can't get on board with Thielen. I can't get on board with Thielen. I, mean, I like he's Thielen. A, he's a target monster. I don't know. 
He should be. I think he should be like 15, 16. Again, top could... ten just feels too high. I I think Mike Evans is a top five wide receiver easily. Oh uh, yeah, I going I'd forward. Pro- I would probably and just so you know. Or not you know, game. Adam Adam Thielen is third in our league in fantasy points amongst receivers. Yeah, and Chris third. Hogan was number one at one point too. I mean, we're also now ten weeks into the season, so we weren't. And week, you know, week three when Chris Hogan had one good week. Well, I mean, he's been under ten points four games though. I, I, I don't have him at top five. Mike Evans right now. I really hope they make the switch to Teddy Bridgewater, so then their whole team sucks. Yeah, I mean, I Mike think... Evans. Mike Evans is currently twentieth in wide receivers. He's also uh, had two league. buys. I there's one bye week left. That's it. He's had two buys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, th- Sorry, I think Mike stupid. Evans, based on history and how good Sorry, he's, he's going to dumb and, and you know likes to blindside de- defensive backs on at the sideline. Yeah, I thought it was a good suspension. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> he's just okay. so talented to to be that low on the list, in my opinion. Um, well, other than that, I think I I like Golden Tate up there. I do like Thielen. I I don't have any arguments with Adam Thielen being. Um, that high up. I think he is underrated. He puts up a lot of points, but I, I think Stefan Diggs is the better player in that offense. I don't think, I, I just think that's a little high, but that's just personal opinion there. Yeah. And you can definitely make that argument. I just, I feel like it, there's so many times that we, we value players based on name alone and that ends up, you know, hurting your team where if you look at some of the numbers being put up, not only across the league, but guys in on their team, whereas, you know, Adam Thielen, who's, you know, been in the lineup every week, making plays, you know, that, that translates to points over the course of the season that I know, obviously, if Diggs played a full season, he's probably going to score more, but you've got to take all those factors into consideration. I would probably take Tyreek Hill over a few of those guys too, but... And they hear no there. Uh, and then the top eight that, uh, or top seven, sorry, that I've got going forward: uh, Doug Baldwin, uh, Brandon Cooks, um, Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Julio, AJ Green, and Antonio Brown. In that order. I think Cooks is way too high on that list. Um, personally, I I also think that Hopkins. I, I understand that Hopkins had a good week this week um, and the week before, but I, I just don't see it continuing. I don't think Savage is much better than Asweiler. Um, I think he knows who his best player is. And uh, similar to another Texas duo from the past where, you know, you just start throwing it his way because he's that good. And that job syndrome. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what you're going to see with DeAndre Hopkins down the stretch. I think what's going to end up happening is they're going to, everyone's going to be like, I think he's going to consistently be top five until really in the end of the playoffs. And then they play Jacksonville, Pittsburgh. <laughs> back to back. Right. right. It's, it's going to be like all the fantasy owners that held out to him for that stretch. And he like carried you to the playoffs and carried you to, you know, whatever round you make it to. And yeah, then, probably carries you to the quarters of the semis, and then and then nose dive drags you down like an anchor. Um, I I think 
Julio Jones should fall a little bit on that list. Um, I think Baldwin, he has historically had a great second half. Um, <laughs> I, I think Baldwin, Baldwin's better than Cooks, and I think Baldwin's going to be better than Hopkins the rest of the season. You got to look at the top, the top people. You wouldn't take Baldwin over Brandon Cooks? I would take Baldwin over Cooks. I wouldn't take Baldwin over Julio. I wouldn't take Baldwin over Hopkins either. I wouldn't take him over Hopkins. I would. Many targets. You're right. Okay, fine. I would move Baldwin up one to six. I would move Julio down. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you're telling me that Mike Mike Evans, who's 20th in fantasy points right now, is too talented to not be in the top 10, but Julio Jones, who might be the most talented receiver (laughs) in football, is not talented enough to be in the top three. Are you kidding me? Okay, top three and top ten are two completely different things, and I think Mike Evans is just as talented as Julio Jones. Uh, I think uh, I don't think they're. I don't, I wouldn't say he's just as talented. They're both very very talented though. They're, they're both talented, and talented. they're both talented. And Julio's got a better offense and a better quarterback. He does. So I think Julio's probably up there. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're gonna bash Mike Evans and Mike Evans was thirteen. 13th, Anthony. He was he Look at the production. Look at the production. <laughs> you put the guy at 13. Look at the production. That's hey, all I'm going to say. Fine. Maybe maybe he's 13th overall right now, production wise. He's 20th like overall. 20th. Quarterback and, you know, la la la. Anyway, okay. you know who is who I called? I, you know, Michael Thomas is, a, is an amazing wide receiver. I think he is more valuable than Julio Jones right now. I would take him in a heartbeat over Julio. Um, he is beyond all the expectations that were put put on him. Um, he is making catches in traffic. He's putting up numbers in games where they're running the ball 50 fucking times a game. I, he is a great wide receiver, and I would, if I had him, or if you don't have him, I would try to get him. Um, Good luck. Ain't gonna happen. Yeah, he, yeah. he can't Good get luck. him out of our league, but if you can in any league, I would go for him. Um, I think his numbers have been great so far. They're going to go up with touchdowns. I, I said it from the end of last year. He's going to be a great, great, great player, um, fantasy and in the NFL. Um, As a breeze I owner, to... I hope you're right because, man, it's painful to see it get stopped at the two-yard line every single time. Yeah, but that. you should see these catches he's making a bail breeze out if you're watching any of these games. The guy's an animal. Like, he's making catches. Double covered in traffic, leaping catches over people, and with ease. It's ridiculous. That's why you. Okay, get... Sam, I'll, I'll swap Julio and Mike Thomas for you. Does that make you happy? And and put put Cooks at like twenty four, William. <laughs> so how about you swap Cooks and Evans? Mm, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. Can't do it. Anyway, yeah. I mean, I think what receivers have been a jumbled mess this year. Um, from value wise, and it's really hard to rank them. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, it's hard. I think there's been an extraordinary lack of production overall. Oh, yeah. Easily yeah. the most debatable group. Oh, hands down. Hands down the most debatable. I, I was sitting here, and like after I got, so I was comfortable with four. And then from five to 24, <laughs> I was like, I don't, this sucks you guys are the worst thanks for giving me this group of jive turkeys you're welcome 
great. Well, let's move on to some storylines quickly. Just a, a few brief ones. Um, the first one is the Cowboys' offensive struggles. I know we talked about it a little bit, but to me personally, I'm not overly worried about Dak. I'm not overly worried about Morris. I'm definitely not owning Darren McFadden. And the only one I really am worried about, I think, is Dez. You know, he hasn't been spectacular any week this year. And to me, like you had it on your list, I mean, he's just not hes not a wide receiver one. He's not really a high-end wide receiver two. I mean, what do you guys think about the, the Cowboys offense? I think you are insane not to be worried about Alfred Morris. Um, he literally had one drive the entire game where he ripped off two decent runs. Without I, their left tackle, though. I mean, I'm saving. Got, I understand. I'm that. saving comment for one more week of post offense yeah, before I, you just gotta I, think I make about, a judgment. I, I don't know what's going to happen. It's it's a big, big, big question mark. And Morris was, you know, has the opportunity to step into the shoes. He just needs to, do, or they need to give him a chance to do it. I think. But yeah. Who knows if they will? Um, my thing is like I'm not. My expectations weren't that high to begin with, so I'm not like. Just, I'm not overly concerned about him meeting my expectations because my expectations were like middle of the pack wide or running back two. Like, you know, yeah, my expectations would be higher, personally. Um, I think he'd be. He should Why? Be, you figure you, you had to figure this week. Were, not after this week. No, no, no. Hard. Even going into this week, you had to figure he wasn't going to get the workload. Why? Because he's a backup running back. But who else? I mean, they have Rod Smith. And Derek McFadden who, had, the ball. who who took snaps with Zeke in the lineup? So did Morris. That's my two of them. I mean, I don't know. I I figured they. I I think the cow. I thought the Cowboys would like to go to a feature back system because that's what they've been doing for the last however many years. Um, they don't like to split carries between running backs. Um, but. You know, with Zeke out, they're obviously changing things and going away from what they have been doing. And I thought he would be be able to go right up to a back end RB one. That's what I thought going into the Zeke suspension. Um, I'm wrong. <laughs> and now right now. I'm, now I'm worried that he's even going to fall out of the RB two category. I he could. I mean, there's a possibility. It's just to to me when he ran, I thought he ran well. He hit the holes. And he did well in pass protection. And that's exactly what I expected from him. So, I mean, I think the Cowboys offensive line is probably one of the most overrated in football. That's being overrated from the standpoint of everyone calling them, you know, just God's gift to the earth and offensive lines. I mean, they're not. How dare you? How dare probably, you? They're probably not even top three. I mean, How dare you? They're, they're pretty good. And when Tyron Smith isn't in, they're pretty bad. So <laughs> that's what it comes down to. I think you don't, you can't really pass too much judgment on him yet because or at it's least the offense. Yeah, exactly. It's only been one week, and they ha- are missing Tyron Smith, and they gave the guy no help on the left side, and he had six sacks. So tough to call. Um, the next piece of news that I was looking at was. Drew Brees, you know, we talked about this a few times, but I mean, I have him in my top five, but do you guys think he's fantasy relevant with the way they've been playing? With the way they've been playing, no, but I don't think they're going to play like that forever. Exactly. It could go back next week. They could be in a shootout again. I'm not, I have been saying 
quite often that I'm not sold on New Orleans defense just because I'm a stubborn asshole. Um, <laughs> Ain't that the truth? They've been – at least I'm not stubborn enough to not admit it, all right? <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, they could go back to shootout next week. I mean, who knows? Um, I – but if, if they play the way they've been playing, I would not put Breeze in my top 12 quarterbacks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, definitely. With all points you just made. <laughs> so the, the next section be just the the Steelers' offense or lack thereof. I mean, Antonio Brown terrible game. Le'Veon Bell fine. He, he played fine. Yeah. Yeah, he, he did Le'Veon Bell things. He's okay. And <laughs> Juju was great. Big Ben was okay. And this was a. I mean, this is a great matchup. They don't have that. They should have lost. They should have lost. They they didn't even have their best defensive player. Big Ben was on the road. Big Ben was on the road. That's I I said it. I think in our first podcast. Big yeah. Ben on the road. You just you never know what you're gonna get. And even against the stout Indianapolis Colts defense <laughs> that they put out there on a weekly basis, um, just couldn't get it done. I saw a stat where it was like in. Le'Veon Bell's last fifty carries, he hasn't broken a tackle. <laughs> when you got when you got three guys wrapping you up, though, it's it's not like you have to <laughs> break one, one tackle. tackle. One tackle, just one, <laughs> not even one. Kareem Hunt breaks four tackles on every carry, and he still gets tackled for a loss. <laughs> and why would they run the ball more? <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a whole, I'm not overly concerned about Antonio Brown. I'm not trading him unless you can get a absolute haul. And I mean, Juju's great as a wide receiver two flex guy. Um, I, would trade, I would trade Brown. Or yeah, well, what are you going to get for get him? Top, top four running back. I would trade him. Depending would, on where your lineup's strong. I would trade him in running backs. But sorry, I got disconnected there. Oh, I was just saying that if I was going to trade Brown, I would probably only want the two guys I would probably target would be Bell and Gurley. I would take and Ingram. I would take Ingram too, but I would want like wide something in addition. And you're not going to get an owner to do that. That just doesn't wouldn't make any sense. Depends. Depends, Depends on the the rosters, but yeah. I mean, you think- Bell or Gurley plus. Who's got, who's got he's saying, that? He's saying Ingram plus. Ingram no, plus? I meant but like Bell, like a bench Brown. receiver. Like a Bell or Gurley plus Corey Davis. What? You you think Bell. Brown's more valuable than Bell or Gurley? And Gurley, yeah. I don't. I think I would, Gurley's more valuable. I don't. I, I mean, you Volume-wise, it makes it hard. I don't know. Well, the thing is like... You can, you look down that list that we just talked about. Crowell's been pretty good. I mean, Martin Martin is gonna be serviceable on weeks. 
I mean, there's a good chance. There's a better chance that you have a fill-in running back. Well, I guess that's not necessarily true because there have. It's going yeah, to be. It's going to be. It's going to be tough to 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 have to give up one of the top running back. Like, I mean, obviously, you need a haul to trade Antonio Brown, but I yeah. think you're 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 not going to be able to get a top guy plus something. From I guess if you're the getting, owner, I don't think so. You you would need to target like one of like that's that five to ten running back range and then um you know mid tier RB one or um wide receiver one maybe high end two to get you know to entice somebody to do that. Anything I think below Ingram you'd have to include something. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, below I Ingram, think your yeah. your best bet is to go at that four, five, six, seven, eight range for running backs and then get something else with it. Yeah, but no Brown owner is going to trade for anything less than Ingram and a wide receiver too, like a solid guy. I, I disagree wholeheartedly. I think, I guarantee you, I've posted I, this poll numerous times, Ingram or Kamara, Kamara, whatever you want, whatever you, however you want to say it, Rest of the season, PPR. And I will tell you, it's almost a 50-50 split on people saying Kamara or Ingram, Kamara or Ingram. And no one ever gets on the Ingram train. I'm telling you, people will like poke holes in how good he's been every week. And no one with Antonio Brown, the undisputed number one wide receiver, would be like, they're going to be like, oh, Mark Ingram? Yeah, yeah, he's good. I'll take him and so-and-so. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying if, if you're targeting – if you're trying to, you know, increase your starting lineup, you're obviously probably going to have to go at some at one of the running backs that you can then get a wide, at least a wide receiver two back. Oh yeah. And at and at Bell and Gurley, I don't see those owners being like, yeah, that's a let's let me give you the top two running back, and then give you more for AB. I just don't see it. I mean, AB has not even been anywhere near as good as he has been in previous years. He hasn't. I, I mean, his, he, he's, he used to be over 20 points every single week. And this year... Like, oh, sorry, Big go Ben's on. got a lot to do with that. Yeah, no, I know. Well, that's not going to change, right? Yeah. All right Big true. Ben's not going to change throughout the end of the year. Um, and he's only he's been over 20 points four games. His target uh, percentage is down like 8% too since Juju started to play. So, uh, yeah, that's why – I mean, Antonio Brown's the number one wide receiver, but I don't think the number one wide receiver is – I bet you it's the same value as the fourth or fifth best running back. I mean, it depends where you're looking for points, but, I mean, Gurley's been much more consistent. Bell has to. Ingram has from this point on. I mean, personally, if I had to pick one or the other, I would take Gurley, Bell, Ingram, Fournette. Then I would take Brown. I would, I would probably take Brown before Fournette just because he hasn't. Like I mean, it's hard to hold an injury and a suspension against him, but he stunk last week. Just so hard. it's tough. I mean, go to Brown. Brown stunk last week too. But so the last uh, just storyline I wanted to go over, and then we'll go over some quick, very quick tweets. Was just the Broncos. They have. An amazing schedule coming up. Amazing schedule. Uh, I put saw it, that too. Put it how I you put. 
you said it to me. The cupcake schedule, right? They got a yeah. cupcake schedule. Absolutely cupcake. Does schedule. it make a difference when you're a cupcake yourself? <laughs> <laughs> but, but against teams like okay, Cincinnati, Oakland, Miami, the Jets, Indianapolis, and then you have Washington. How many of those games do you honestly think they get blown out? One, maybe um, Oakland. I mean, I mean oh, McKenzie or whatever his name is is going to drop at least one punt, and that's going to lead to at least a touchdown. Asweiler's going to throw two or three picks how, every game. How many, how many drop punts, muffed punts, do you have to have before somebody replaces you? He's at five this season. Five. Fairly a lot. I mean, the only two players that I would be remotely interested in having on my fantasy team would be maybe Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. You can't you can't start any of the running backs. They're splitting carries three ways. <laughs> I mean, and you have a quarterback turning the ball over like crazy. You have a defense that doesn't look good anymore. Well, CJ is still easily they, the best. But like Phil said, with the cupcake schedule, they're going to start getting sacks. I mean, maybe exactly. They have to start producing at some point. And CJ Anderson is still the best running back in that backfield. It doesn't yeah. matter. They suck. It's not close. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. You look great this week. When you when you only get thirty three percent of the snaps, it doesn't matter how good you are. It's thirty three percent of the snaps because they're losing by forty. And how many of those games do you think they're going to be losing by double digits? They give Devonte Booker the ball just as much as C.J. Anderson in the and same. And Jamal situations. Charles too. Yeah. Not in the same situations. Yeah, they do. Uh, no, they don't. We, I guess we'll have to wait and see for them to get into a competitive game. But but as of the way they're using him right now, that backfield is a dis- just. A disaster. I can't wait until CJ puts up 30 this week. And he'll be on your bench because you will not start him. I will. You're right. I probably <laughs> won't. Yeah, put your money where your mouth is, Phil. Start the guy. Is Vontez perfect suspended? Well, if he isn't, he'll probably get thrown out by the second quarter, anyways. Oh, God. <laughs> that is an idiot. Oh, God. Okay. Well, let's move on to some tweets. I have. A few questions that I've been answering throughout the day, but we'll stick to just some of the more recent ones. Um, first question here is from Mike Andrews. Hooper versus Seattle or Mercedes Lewis versus the Browns? Oh, yikes. Um, do, you, do you have an option C on the waiver wire? Um, <laughs> I, no, I actually I think these are two good options. Two good options? Oh, Seattle's defense has gotten real beat up. They're not very That's, good. I mean, for that for that reason alone, I would probably start Hooper. Lewis, has Lewis done anything since the London game? Did they play the Giants that game? Is he even on a team? It, what? It, Mercedes Lewis <laughs> had his three-touchdown game in London. I think it was against the Giants. I think. <laughs> it was. They're terrible. Okay. Hooper! Yeah, right, so, so, yeah okay. Hooper. But I want to. Okay, so you think Eric Ebron's pretty terrible, right? You wouldn't start him on most weeks. I would never. Fair? Start would that. that be fair? I would never start that person. Yeah. Score touchdown against the Browns. Nope. It's automatic. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. It's automatic. <laughs> the Brown. It's if your tight end plays the Browns, if your tight end plays the Giants, you start them because they're probably going to score. I don't know. I would probably say Hooper, but I think it's really close. Mercedes Lewis has a total of 30 points in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks since his big game. Just saying. Ugh. You got the tight ends past like number five or six. You just got to play the matchup. And I think Hooper That's has great. a matchup against Seattle. 
Yeah, I mean, really, you are praying. That's what it is. I mean, you flip, you flip Garrett, a coin. I played Garrett, Garrett Selleck last week at FanDuel. And he was like 5 for 60 in a touchdown. I mean, it was like such a good matchup against the Giants. You just throw the guy in there and hope. All right. Yeah. I think we're consensus on Hooper, but, you know, <laughs> that's your only option, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then the next one here is Russell Wilson or Carson Wentz this week. Jeez, you got oh. both. Trade yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like, talk about, you know, luxury problems, but yeah, you no, not we... bench Carson Wentz. Yeah. I, oh. But Wilson's so good, too. I don't That's. It's tough. I know. I was looking at this and I was like, Oh, like I don't even like who do I who would I even go with? I'm looking Wentz at the schedule. Got Dallas at Dallas, and who does Russell the Muscle have? Atlanta. Where Monday night at home? Jeez, both good matchups. Um, Wait, yeah, yeah. I think I think I'm gonna take. Uh, went to Dallas just because they're coming off at loss um, and Atlanta's defense looked reasonable for the first time in a long time. I would go Wentz too just because I feel like I feel more confident that he's going to be able to dictate the pace of the game versus Russell Wilson playing against a good offense. I don't think is going to be able to dictate the game as much and I also think that Atlanta's defense is much better than the Cowboys right now. I'll take the opposite just to be different. <laughs> Why? I, I think they're both. It's again, it's coin flip. Um, I think the Atlanta has a better chance to get into a shootout than Dallas. Dallas's offense has been not very good, and Philly's I think is going to shut Dak down. Um, That's a good point too. I have a question of how they're going to do, but then again, Carson Wentz throws touchdowns when they're up 40 points. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I w- I'll, I'll say Carson, or, uh, Russell Wilson here today. Both very, very promising weeks. Can't well, go wrong either. <laughs> yeah, trade one if you can. Awesome. Last last piece of news. How's uh, the league? How are we doing? Uh, still first. Eight and two, coming off a tough loss. Yeah, coming off a you loss know, that you screwed me. I'm dealing with Drew Brees right now. It's tough. He only got 13 points this week. Most of New had his first bad week since coming back. And Gurley and Bell were just not the all-everything that I needed them to be to pull a week out. <laughs> yeah, you lost to Lee. Unfortunate news for the uh, the leader. He plays me this week, and he's going to get a raffle stomp by 90 points, and I'm going to take over first place. <laughs> you can only dream. Well, every year Anthony beats me if he's in last place, first place, somewhere in between. He he always beats me, but it, it's fun to fun to have that matchup. First yeah, and second place. All right. It's going to be close either way. I I was texting Sam earlier. I said I hope I lose now. Get get all of them out of my system. You know I've got. You said every time you're like, oh, I don't care if I lose you. I got I got the I got the playoffs. (laughs) I'm in the playoffs now. I want to make sure I get the losses out before the playoffs actually start. No, you need to keep winning. All right, (laughs) you need to keep winning. 
<laughs> this, this week doesn't impact you. First versus second. Yes, I mean, it does. If I win okay. this week and Sam loses, I'm uh, tied with him. If you lose this week, then I'm one game behind both of you. <laughs> so either way, it's kind of a win-win. But, I mean, I have Greg this week, so it's going to be a, a real humdinger. I don't know. I was looking at the matchup. <laughs> I can't really like get too excited about the <laughs> prospect of me winning this game. I also traded my entire team last week. Yeah, I saw that. Literally seven out of nine starters are different um, from second place team. That's probably something I would never recommend doing, but uh, I did it. And uh, oh, my team just... better. I, I think. hope. I hope that, you know, I hope what you did to make your team better really did make it better because I am going to try and put an absolute beating on you this week. Oh, man. Here we go. I think your team is significantly better than it was before. No, I have like, tight end now. And a quarterback. And a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were starting Andy Dalton or Eli, and your tight end was – Dixon, who's coming off a zero-point performance. Yes, so. no, I, but I downgraded Hunt for McKinnon, who let me down. I, I traded T.Y. Hilton which for Keenan Allen, basically, which was good. Don't worry about it. I looked at his numbers. His numbers are pathetic this year in all but three games. Hilton? Yeah. 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 Hilton, he's the type of player that's going to win you a fantasy Super Bowl. Yeah. He's going to score three points a game, and you just got to scrape by and win, and then he's going to score 40 points in the week you need him to. Not this week. Some out of his ass. Not yep. any of the weeks of COVID. Do you see their schedule? Oh. No, but see, that's why he's going to, because you don't expect it. That's why I dropped Andrew Luck before he even came back. Or be, he before he, I even knew he was on IR. <laughs> I was like, I was looking at his schedule, and it kept going, kept going, like, okay. All right, I'll hold on to him. I'll hold on to him. And then got to the point where I'm just like, even if he does come back, I don't want to start him in any of these matchups anyways. Like, it was so bad. I mean, I'm trying to look it up here. It's, it's brutal. He's not starting off by this week. My team did not pan out the way I wanted it to this year. Tennessee, Jacksonville, Buffalo, Denver, Baltimore. Yeah, not great. Yeah, I mean, you know. Anything else? Pay for you. No, that I think that does wrap it up today. Um, we are on social media. You will hear it. You'll see us. Um, if you have any questions, shoot them over to makeorbreakfantasy at gmail.com. Otherwise, follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, all of the above. Peace out. Like and subscribe. <laughs>